Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 10th of December. We're just rolling along. I think it's 15 days left, and um, I better get hopping is really more like it. However, 15 days left to Christmas. And why are these things so cool? What is it about anniversaries and birthdays and holidays? Even, you know, I meet people who say, well, I don't want to give gifts for Christmas or for birthdays. I just want to give them when I want to give them. And I'm like, seriously? You really just want to do it like that because you know what happened? They never do it. Because then they think, well, on the holidays, because it's kind of dumb. Like, what am I getting this for? And they, they actually don't do what they think they are doing. I call that the can't deny the energy people. And I want to convert them in my brain to just enjoy the love. Just enjoy it. Because anniversaries, birthdays, holidays, they are a critical piece of who we are. They define, fully define our history. When I talk to people and they say, the first Christmas I was part of, that I remember, this happened. These people were there. I mean, you remember everything. Your favorite gift, waiting for the gift, the anticipation. Even when you don't have a Christmas tree in your house, which was me, because it wasn't a tradition my parents knew. And then they come to a country where it's all over the place, and they're like, well, you know, we don't even know what that is. And then they realize what it is, and then they say, oh, it's not part of our religion. I still believed in Santa. And I wanted Santa to show up at my door. And I kept thinking, maybe next year, maybe next year, because I didn't understand why. And I love, even till now, this time of year, because of Christmas and because of Thanksgiving, I remember the first snows would hit at Thanksgiving in, in the Midwest. Almost like perfect timing, right? But it was still special to me. And the New Year, the biggest one was the New Year because that one I felt like was interactive, you know. You make New Year's resolutions, which was big in that time, New Year's resolutions. And you'd, you'd start fresh. It's like, oh, wow, I have a whole new opportunity here. But there's something even bigger behind all of this. And that is that it helps us form a structure and a foundation with our family, 
with our families, because think about it. That longevity, there is an internal knowing that, hey, I, even though I may have rejected my parents in my teen years, I have made it through my life with these people, with my mom and dad, with my brothers and sisters, with my relatives. Even when we don't feel like we like our relatives very much at times, or they're always picking on us, or they're always, you know, measuring us against other people, the fact that we can roll our eyeballs out and make fun of also is part of our foundation, of our families, of the cities we live in, of the communities we belong to. There is a lot about that. So when holidays coming up or a birthday's coming up or an anniversary's coming up, in our brains without us even doing anything, we start feeling a momentum. And it starts like, you know, even people who try to hold it back, they kind of think, oh, it's Christmas. And I know some people who say, well, it's a day off. Everybody gets a day off. It's like a free day in the whole year for them. But what it really does is it gives us comfort and belonging. Not just belonging to the people we love, but when we meet other people, other souls, and a man can say to somebody, I've been married for 40 years. We all know that that person is resilient. They're resilient. If they're not anything else, they are resilient. But they've been married for 40 years, and it carries a lot of weight. If someone comes and tells you they're 60 years old, you look and you're like, wow, they made it through a lot of history. How did they deal and perceive traditions in the way life is? When someone tells you, oh, I celebrated Christmas in Paris, and I celebrated Christmas in Rwanda, and I celebrated Christmas in California. I was in Hawaii once at Christmas time, and it didn't feel the same. And when I came back to the States after Christmas, I kept waiting for Christmas. And I felt like I missed Christmas that year, because in Hawaii, they celebrate Christmas a little differently. It's not as a big of a deal. And again, I was in a hotel. So what were they going to do? They did have a Christmas dinner. But there was no like out of this world big tree and no big festive things. And it's not cold there. There's no snow. You know, love's the same for L.A. Even though in our mountains we do have snow. But it wasn't the same. And I, I swear I came home and I was still looking for Christmas. Because the tradition was so deep inside of me that I didn't know where that year went. Once we start to get to a place where we ignore the meaning of Christmas, where we ignore the meaning of Valentine's Day, even though 
people say these holidays were made up. It's one thing that we all do together as a world, even if you are not Christian. It's a time of year that we all know to be what it is. And in it in itself creates a tradition. And we don't have to be anything. And, I, and in my lifetime, we have gone through a period of time where we were not saying Christmas break because Christmas break now became only for Christians. So we were saying Kwanzaa and we were giving it all these names. And that's all fine and dandy. But what happened was the tradition had been so ingrained in us that all the other stuff we tried to attach to it, not that it wasn't important, because it's it's always going to be important, but the tradition, the strength of that tradition, the strength of that energy and that momentum and that tradition that says to us, oh, it's coming, is here. So we can call it whatever we want to call it, but the energy was much stronger than our words. And when our birthdays come up, think about yourself when you realize, oh, my gosh, I have another month before my birthday. I'm already thinking of my birthday, and it's like three months out. Three months and yet some days, and I go, oh, my next birthday is coming. This is the time of year that after Christmas and after the New Year's, I think about my birthday because every year on my birthday, I start thinking of what I want to do with that year. Because whether we say it or not, we know that in our hearts, we're going to be that year, that age for only one year. And I know I talk about it, but it's powerful. But you get to be that age for one year. So if you're going to be 45, how are you going to represent 45 years old in your lifetime? And now I'm going to be 58. I don't feel 58, whatever that means. But when I say it, it gives me a charge. A positive charge, by the way, not a, oh, my God, I'm going to be 58 and I'm getting old. But no, I laugh at the fact that I'm going to be 58 because I'm like, wow, I've been through a lot in life. I've seen a lot of stuff. Politically, I've seen a lot in traditions trying to be debunked and no one can debunk them. I've seen the extremes on holidays and on birthdays because Sometimes, because the traditions are so strong, we have these polar opposite reactions where there's either greater strife or depression because the holidays are coming and the history of traditions for that soul may have felt very lonely and they can't face the loneliness by then. Or I felt greater love because People's families are growing, nieces and nephews are growing. I know in my family, my, my brothers and sisters are becoming grandparents. And we just found out that my, one of my sisters, my first sister, the youngest one, became a grandparent in June. 
And now we have another sister who's going to be a grandparent in July. And they're younger than I am. And yet the tradition, the growing, the understanding of feeling like we are building, no matter what we're building, we are just building. It brings families together and it enables people to reconnect with friends throughout your lifetime. You may not have seen a friend for a long time, but the fact that you knew them in high school, just that alone, you, when you see each other, will feel that history and it will bond you. We are we are hardwired to love and to truth and to purity. And as our birthdays build up, we're like, wow, I feel good, and I don't know why. Doesn't mean you're not going to feel good when your birthday goes. Now you're preparing for the next year without realizing it from day one, from the next day that you wake up. Because once the birthday goes, it goes, right? You can't change it, but that is one of the greatest parts of the fact that we look forward to something even when it is a year away. Because we know without doubt, there's very few things we know, but we know our birthday is going to come. We know our anniversaries are going to show up, whatever anniversaries they are, whether it's friendships, partnerships, whatever it is. And we know that holidays are going to show up. If there's anything we know, we know that. And that surety of knowing what's coming because we don't know anything else that's coming around that. We know we will make it to that day, no matter how we do it. We are going to make it to that day. We are going to see another Christmas. We are going to see another birthday. We are going to see another anniversary. And that's what makes them special. They are markers for us as we go through life. Because they only happen once a year, they happen on the same date every year, and it gives us a planning tool. By my anniversary, I want to lose weight. By my wedding, I want to lose weight. By my birthday, I want to have this job. By Christmas, I want to start looking for. You build markers around these days. Otherwise, think about it. What if we didn't have holidays or acknowledge birthdays? What if we didn't have those? Where would our markers be? I remember when I was eight years old, and by then, let me see how many kids my mom had. I think we were still at four kids because we ended up being six. And my mom was mopping the basement floor, but, but in, 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 um, the Midwest, your basements were like rooms. It was like your big family room. And then your living room, we weren't really allowed to be in there. It wasn't like we weren't allowed, but my mom had plastic on the couches because they didn't want to ruin the fabric. So you just literally, people would come in and they would make plastic covers like stone. And it was hard plastic, not even soft plastic. So when you would sit, 
you know, you could hear the plastic, but the furniture always looked clean. And it was a thing of that time um, where you put plastic. I remember when people stopped putting plastic and I'm like, they're going to have the worst furniture by leather, you know, and, and all of that. But um, that was part of the tradition of that time. So people knew that you don't use your living room, but you use your family room. I even knew families that had two kitchens, one in their basement and one in their upstairs, and nobody would go in the upstairs. So when guests would come over, which people had quite frequently, that's where you would sit, and it would always be clean. And you could fry and do everything you wanted in the other kitchen and just let it go to heck because it was okay. That was your free space, right? But um, even in small houses, I saw that. But tradition. So I'm standing there and my mom's like mopping the floor and I'm like, hey mom, it's, it's my birthday. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm like, but I want a cake. You know, because at that time, it wasn't like now where you get showered with gifts from everyone that knows you. It was just my birthday and I wanted one of those cakes from the store that had that really sweet light frosting on them because, wow, that was my birthday present. So I said, Mom, you know, are you going to go to the store and get me a cake? She said, well, what's the big deal about a birthday? An anniversary is what's special. But birthdays, everyone has a birthday. Everybody was born. I'm like, geez. I'm like, I really would like a cake. And she did end up going to get me one. And I was happier than a pig in mud. And then my brother would take the frosting and he whipped it at me and hit me in the face with it. And we did whatever we did. We invited our friends, all the neighbor's kids over and everyone had a piece of cake. And that was, that was all I needed. I remember that until this day. Think about that. I remember it. And I was eight years old. I don't remember nine. I remember 10 because I saw pictures. My grandparents were here from Jordan, and I remember it. I'm standing there with a hat and my pajamas on because that's how late we had the cake because my dad didn't get home from work till after 9, and we had to wait for him. It's crazy, but we remember. Because it's our tradition, it's our sense of belonging, it reinforces our values of integrity. It goes as far as our freedom, our faith, our education, our responsibility. It goes as far as our work ethic and the value of selflessness. It goes that far into our psyche. It provides a forum for us to showcase our role models and to celebrate the things that really matter to us in life. Because think about it. Every year you see your family. They're like, hey, how are you doing? Especially if you don't live in the same city and you see each other only on the holidays. Oh, I'm doing great. Well, what did you do this year? It's like a report card, right? A verbal report card. And then you start telling them everything you've done. And if you didn't do much, you try to just say, well, you know, nothing new. and you know, you kind of feel like, well, what did I do with that last year? But yet a lot may have happened. Some of the greatest growth comes in the quietest years. 
but it also offers us an opportunity to instead of thanking people in our mind and we don't have time to call them or see them, we actually thank them for the contributions that they made to our lives. Hey, thank you for that day when you listened to me. You don't know how much I needed it. Hey, thank you for believing in me and lending me money. And I, in my heart, I want to pay you back, and this is how I would like to do it when I can. Thank you for not putting me down when I went through a hard time. That's a big thank you, by the way. But it gives us an opportunity because when we see people face-to-face, even anniversaries for a busy couple is a time to do that. Because what happens to a couple as every anniversary goes through, or even with friendships, is that it is a marker of your own ability for longevity. And that builds us. That is a value that speaks for itself. I know a couple who have been married now for 40 years. They have been each other's pain in the neck but you know what when they say we've been married through 40 years for 40 years and that we have gone through thick and thin together that's exactly why they are together because they knew and know that they have grown up together in so many ways we are past the love them and leave them phase in life. Unless something is abusive and you make it through whatever it is you made it through with this human being, with this soul, it, it gives you crud. Like, it gives you so much credit. And it's unspoken. The number of years are what speak for you. The number of birthdays are what speak for you. The number of Christmases and Valentine's Day, New Year's Day, and even Memorial Day, like we remember because we spend time with family, we spend time with people we love, people we want to be with, that we don't have time to do all year long. So these times are these stopping points. They even found, and this one is the craziest stat, and I don't actually have a number. I've just known this one for years, that a lot of people, elderly people who are ill, what happens to them is that they hold on until the holidays are done. And then in January, they pass. They have a very high percentage. It's like in January, like, not them too, not them too. Oh, my gosh, why is everybody dying? But really, they held on. And everyone who had Christmas with them will say, that was our last Christmas. That was our last holiday season together. 
because of the importance and the bigness of these stopping points. We remember all the contributions that they made. We see how our country's changed, our world has changed. We compare it to the years before. We create those lasting memories over and over again. It just, it's our time to stop for like a more meaningful pause in our lives where we can put stuff on pause, which are very few times. And we could just like, you know, reflect on that. Because what's happening in our brains, in our souls, together in coordination, is that we just built one more layer of strength underneath it all. And it builds us for the coming year. It puts one more feather in our wings. It allows us to feel like we have contributed. I don't care in what way. It could even be in what we may perceive as a negative way. We may have had a hard year. But now we say, oh, that's over. Now I'm starting a new year. Boy, that was a tough year. So now we have somewhere to put it. And we have a new starting point. So I get like two New Year's a year. And I didn't realize when I was doing it why I was doing it. But I loved the feeling of starting something and concluding something. So there's the New Year on January 1st for me. And then there's the New Year on my birthday. And my birthday is the one I make the goals on, or at least set my pace. But the real New Year, the January New Year, I celebrate. And I kind of know where I'm going, but it's like this slow burn in me where I just formulate and formulate. But that's just how I do it. That is my tradition. That's my contribution to the people around me is that I just keep going and because they see me keep going they keep going too I taught my kids without knowing it because it's something I felt very guilty about for many years and I don't usually feel guilty about anything but I just I don't even know if it was guilty but probably I felt bad when I was divorced, when I first got divorced, because I knew it was deep down a choice. I could have stayed. But I also knew that he was only going to get meaner to me because it was progressing every year, and I've been there for 13 years. So by the time I left for two years prior, I was already not eating. I was, I was under 100 pounds. I was wearing layers of clothing. My hair got long and I was just wrapping it up in a bun on my head because I wasn't even taking a shower. I was just 
so tired. And even knowing that I had to get out, breaking those traditions killed me. Taking those traditions and redefining them with my children was huge. And I didn't want to, like, overdo it to try to make up for the fact that we were getting divorced or were by then divorced. But it wasn't easy. The first one was like we were all fish out of water. But the second one was better. And the third one was better. And now we we have that tradition. Now it's been years. And it helped us build our value. It helped us create lasting memories. These times are critical to our culture our family culture, our personal culture, our culture with the people that we have chosen to live with and spend our time with. We aren't machines. We will never be machines. We are people who love and need love. And these are the times where we get to really display and share the biggest thing, sharing, because we will live on that love until we see them again. You guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope that you enjoyed this holiday season, and I will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.